This week's episode of FES is brought to you by Ambrosia Fall Designs, as seen on the block and married at first sight. Located in Tullamarine, Ambrosia specialises in weddings, functions, and corporate events. Ambrosia also offer floral workshops, which make great gift ideas. Book a consultation for your next event by calling Leanne on 9338-3609, or you can contact her online at ambrosiafloraldesigns.com. Mention FES to receive a discount off your next booking. The Temple Brewhouse in Brunswick East, home of the award-winning Bicycle Beer. Temple's amazing beer is all brewed in the Brewhouse in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure that you enjoy every mouthful of delicious craft beer. It doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer is brewed footsteps away from where you are enjoying it. The bar, restaurant and function space big enough for 100 people ensures you can enjoy a comfy experience for any occasion. Visit the team at 122 Western Street, Brunswick East and give them a follow on Insta at Temple Brewing. And our final sponsor today is Royal Parade Creative. Royal Parade Creative is a Melbourne-based studio that produces Produces simple, clever design solutions done with a high level of care and sophistication. Specializing in brand identity development and redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography, illustration, and digital, Royal Parade offers a lot of services you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. So if you need a new club badge, billboard, corporate logo, or bar menus, get in touch and find out how Royal Parade can make it happen. Mention FES for a 10% discount off your first design project. Brand, art, design, thinking royalparade.com and if you are looking to join on board as a sponsor of FES for this season we do have slots available as we said last week some of our sponsors last year reported a return on investment of 4,000% for their money that is spent on uh, advertising for FES that's a huge return so uh, it does work our sponsors uh, you know, are local businesses and our listeners support the local businesses just the way they say uh, the same way they support us so if you do want to get involved as a sponsor of FES for the coming season and get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter. You can just search for For Fuck's Sake or you can also email us at forfucksake at gmail.com. But for now, let's get into it. You're listening to For Fuck's Sake. Welcome to yet another week of FES. We are recording this at 11.37am on a Sunday morning um, from Melbourne and also Long Beach, California, Cambodia Town. In Cambodia Town is myself, Jason. Welcome to the show, everyone. And um, joining me in Watsonia all the way on the other side of the Pacific Ocean is Buds, the man of the people. Buds, welcome back for yet another week. What up, Jason? How's it all going? Not too bad. Um, um, actually, this is my first night alone without the soon-to-be wife and the child. So they've gone off to grandma's wow. for the day, and I'm actually lapping it up. Not in, not in the uh, the sweat den that I was in last week, and in one of the bedrooms with that aircon mat in the lounge room, and quite comfortable in my surroundings at the moment. And um, yeah, not too bad. It, uh, I'm looking forward to my first, legitimately my first uninterrupted sleep since. March tonight. I can't wait. It's freezing here, mate. It's probably the coldest weekend I can I can remember in a very, very long time. And that's good news for the punters because I've just been talking to uh, Mr. Sud from Sud Clothing and he's told me there is heaps of discounts on winter gear in the store plus the famous Swan Street crewnecks left, but any size but large. They've all been sold out. So if you're all cold, get onto the Sud Clothing. But um, you won't need that, Jason, in the summer there. But um, I hope you enjoyed your sleeping because there was uh, about 14 other people that have slept all week, and that's the Melbourne Victory team. They were pathetic this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Not to mention the recruiting department. Not to mention the recruiting department oh. as well. They're still sleeping. We still um we still wait for some signings. It hasn't it hasn't eventuated yet. And um, we'll talk about that in all in just a moment. I'm not I'm not going to be a doomsayer just yet. I'm not going to focus on on the team structure or anything like that. But there's a there's a few performances 
uh, in that FFA Cup match that um, we're going to definitely dissect. It's um, it's 26 degrees at the moment. I know that in parts of Melbourne this morning it's snowing. I saw out in Gisborne it's um, it's snowing, and I think the the footy I was watching on Friday night in, in Canberra was snowing. So um, yeah, stiff shit. Sorry that um, that you can't be here and. Um, Rug up to everyone that's listening at home, I guess. But um, I'm enjoying this, the California sunshine. Um, we d- must make mention of last week as well because we tried something new and different, uh, as we kind of alluded to or, or you know, stated last week. FES was very close to wrapping up completely and dying because of, I guess, the the constraints that we had. Uh, myself over here in in California and um, Dave having commitments and yourself having commitments with a new child and just the the new format of uh, of FES at FNR not really resonating with everyone so we tried something different we we ended up going remote so i'm here in in la and you're over there in melbourne and um the support that we got from everyone who listened last week was was overwhelming and i think um whenever we try something new we get support from from our listeners and i think that we just want to extend a a thank you to, to everyone that um that reached out to us throughout the week and encouraged us and um and gave some great feedback on the sound quality there's um there's a few issues that i picked apart but hopefully i'll fix those up this week and um i think this is going to work out buds yeah i do too it um it it sounded really good it felt good doing it um you generally get a good indication um actually you don't really sometimes we feel we've felt like in the past where we've left uh left the uh brunswick sharehouse studios thinking that was a really flat one but you listen back to it you, you can never really gauge it too much but i thought last week went quite well i think this has got a really good future and um, it's nice to keep doing it the punters and special mention must go to the new patreons that we've had this week they've um it really surprised me uh, i know i know we've got a lot of support but people have really gone out of their way um it's been very, very pleasing and, um, you know, it ma- makes doing this a whole lot easier because we know that we can keep improving. Yes. Keep improving, keep buying keep buying equipment and, um, you know, host it the best we can. Absolutely. So as per our commitment to um, our new Patreons, whenever someone does join on board for the first time as a Patreon subscriber, we do give them a shout out at the top of the show. And this week we had, I think we had four new Patreons and someone who upped their commitment. So uh, the first shout out I'll give is to Amelia Roth who upped her commitment. She was an existing Patreon subscriber, but uh, increased her commitment over the course of the season thing. So thank you to Amelia. We also had uh, Ian Javes, uh, who also jumped on board for the first time as an FES Patreon subscriber. So thank you, Ian. Michael H as well jumped on and also Erwin is now a Patreon subscriber uh, for FES. And I've left the um, the last one um, to last because um, we also had Ben Clark, who um, people on the soccer Twitter uh, universe will know as Scouse underscore raw. Is it Scouse underscore raw? Yeah? Yeah, Scouse Raw. So he's Scouse obviously Raw. a Liverpool fan as well. Yeah. So he's he's a Raw fan and he has jumped on board and committed to FES for the upcoming season. I think um, that's a huge commitment for, for a rival fan who, uh, who listens to our podcast, obviously, to show that kind of support to us. So thank you so much to all, all those people that jumped on board. And if you do want to come uh, come and join us as a Patreon subscriber, you can do so by getting on to patreon.com slash for fuck's sake and you can jump on board for as little as one dollar per podcast so i must specify that it's us dollars the patreon does not let us change it to australian dollars so if you if you're looking to to uh, commit um just keep that in mind that it is us dollars and i think we had someone as well ask where does the patreon money go um so i can give you a bit of an overview we spent probably around about close to a thousand dollars just buying new microphone equipment um just to get set up here uh in la and watsonian dave um where does he live now he just built a um, new house yeah he built Marambina. a new mansion yeah, Marambina, the <laughs> means, yeah. yeah. Uh, in Marambina. So he's in Marambina now and uh, he, we, he'll be joining us probably a little bit later on once he gets all settled in um, with, the sh- uh, with the new house. And um, we also need the hosting for the, what's it called? The, the podcast that we're doing. We're doing Z- on Zencaster. Yep, Zencaster. And then depending on what kind of commitment we do get and um, what we can kind of put together... I'm, I've got high hopes of uh, buying a program called Wirecast and buying a couple of GoPros and doing a live stream 
across the world. So I'm going to have a camera on me. You'll have a camera on you. I've got a producer already set up. Um, my, uh, I'll call her my wife next. We're about a month away from being married. My wife's brother um, knows how to work all computers and stuff and, uh, and produce content. So he has signed up to be a producer and we can do a live stream across the world, which would be uh, revolutionary, probably far, far more advanced than any other A-League podcast can do. Uh, but that's exciting because I want to kind of still experiment with new media and implement stuff and and keep it exciting and um, keep you guys involved so uh, that's my next goal is to go into the live streaming um, phase so thank you to everyone that came on board and uh, we'll keep improving and um, now that we're doing you know we've done episode one and uh, we usually do about 30 episodes a season so um, we're committed now we're going to give everything to you guys to um to make this the best podcast it can be uh, let's move on to though a Big show lined up. We're going to discuss, of course, the FFA Cup fixture against Newcastle Jets. Uh, what went wrong there? Um, and then we'll also chat about the um, a story that's come come through in the last week about a uh, VUC women's player and um, just some troubles that she's had and um, just the, the community rallying around her to, um, to get her medical fees paid. We're also going to discuss the A-League fixture and do some analysis on that and then the look ahead to the rest of our pre-season. The music theme is going to return as well. I, I It's a bit like Lee Broxham, I refer to the music theme, because uh, every year I'm done with it. I, it's uh, it's never really part of the fixture in in, uh, in episode one, but um, usually after a few weeks it, it comes back because it's a, it's a hugely popular thing of our show, which always kind of surprises me that someone that everyone loves the, uh, the music theme, but it is back um, due to popular demand. Uh, this week, I'm going off the top of my head, I'll go with 2019. So I'm just going to go songs that are, that are popular this year. Is that good enough? Yeah, it's fine by me. I don't really mind. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, look, uh, the punters punters love the music theme because we, uh, we have no broadcasting standards now and we, we don't mind. Like, so we just going to push the copyright laws as far as we can because it's what we do. Exactly. So we're going to take another break, but on the other side of it, uh, we'll be back. You're listening to For Fuck's Sake. Before we get into the FFA Cup match, we just have a quick word on the For Vuck's Sake message board. You can join the For Vuck's Sake message board at forvucksake.com. You can chat with lots of like-minded Vuck fans. It's a it's a forum. It's a bit old school, but um, it's got a very, very dedicated community chatting all things Vuck. So if you do want to jump on the forvucksake.com and sign up as a member, you can join almost a thousand other Vuck fans and chat Vuck all day and all night for vucksake.com. Let's chat about the FFA Cup match. And as I said in the in the in the intro, I don't want to talk about too much about you know how this looks for the the wider you know uh, look at towards the season and, and Marco Kurtz and his his formation or the the style of play because it it very much is it's game one of a eight nine month season and there's not much you can draw from. Um, from Marco Kurtz as a manager, in my opinion. And I think that there's plenty more to come. There's signings that um, obviously need to be integrated into this, into the squad. And uh, as a result, the, the playing style and things like that will change, but we'll talk about the game at large. And then I might want to talk about particular player performances. Um, sure. We went two nil up and I mean, <laughs> there's lots of hysteria over that, that we went two nil up and we fucked it up. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to be too much of a doomed uh, doomsdayer on that one, um, but it is quite obviously um, upsetting to to lose a, a game two nil after or after you're up two nil. But um, I think there were some signs from from a few players, and uh, I've got a few hot takes. What did you think, uh, by and large, of the game, buds? 
I had zero expectations going in. So, um, look, when you saw the starting lineup and you had Brandon Lawton, who's 19, Ben Carrigan, who's 21, you've got Corey Brown, which is always a loss. Uh, you've got a, a midfield of Anthony Lesiotis, who's 19, uh, Lee Broxham's in there. He's the most experienced player on the field. And then you've got Elvis Camp Sobar, who's improving, improving, but he's still got a long way to go. You got Josh Hope and you've got Kenny Athew leading the line. It's it's gonna be pretty tough. And I think the uh the four thousand people that turned up to Amy uh are made of sterner stuff than the rest of the fan base losing their minds on uh Facebook and Twitter because this is a preseason game. Let's let's make no two um two bones about this. This is a preseason game. This is Kurtz's first look, and I'm telling you. If you're going to play the kids and your squad's full of kids at the moment, which ours is, he needs to know which kids he can trust and which kids that he's just going to boot off. Yeah. And these these are the games, and it's the perfect place to do it. Um, I'm sorry, but um, you could see that um, Deng, absolutely brilliant in the first half. Carrigan and Lawton, well, they get thrown in the deep end against the almost full-strength Newcastle side. Decent side, and you know they look comfortable in that level in defence. You know they got an attacking mindset. They're getting forward. You got Elvis Cam Sober, who's full of energy, plenty to be excited about. But the guy just still can't finish, which is still a problem. Yeah. And uh, Andy in the boot, absolutely amazing, class act. He's gonna score a lot of goals for us if he can stay fit. Both goals are the absolute highest quality. Uh, one rocket's hitting the underside of the bar and one's with that outside of the boot. He's probably the best user of the outside of his boot in the league. Um, you know, I, I, for one, am excited from that because I can't wait to see who we sign in the number 10 position. And Naboo, Cruz and Ola, they're going to be lethal. Yeah. They'll be absolutely lethal. But... Um, uh, the boys ended up getting tired. You know, they were young kids and they got tired and they gave Petrados too much room and you give Petrados too much room, he's too good to do that. He's going to hurt us and we can't expect much more from those kids. But the only thing I can seriously say was a, a cock up on um Kurtz's part was that he played Kenny Athew for 120 minutes and um, like that guy's a... The guy is a baby giraffe on ice or roller skates when it's the middle of summer. Yeah. When it's a uh, wet, cold night, it's even worse. Um, let's put it out there. I've, um, like Everyone knows my opinions on Josh Hope, and they're probably a bit harsh. I just don't rate him at all, and I don't rate Kenny at all. And they were both the same as always. And I think it's time to – we can't get rid of them now, but – they can't be. They can't be in the plans. They can't be in the first team plans this year, seriously, because they're just not good enough. They've both had way more than enough chances to at least have one outstanding game or one encouraging game, and they just don't ever do it. So, um, yeah, I really agree. Tough, really tough. Um, Corey Brown's hair. I've got noted down here. It's <laughs> it's. It's the worst addition yet. It's uh, it's seriously. You just shave it off, please. It's really hard to look at on the TV. You know what? He he made a very big call by publicizing the fact that he was going to get treatment during the off season. He uploaded something onto his Instagram stories that he was going to get treatment, and then I looked at it um, on on Wednesday night, and it looked it looked a lot worse, didn't it? It looked terrible, especially <laughs> like if you uh, if you if you had it on the phone because it was a. Uh, a game that you could only watch either on KO or the My Football app. Mm-hmm. Um, on KO in HD on the big screen, boy, it wasn't it wasn't good viewing. It wasn't good viewing. Yeah, just going back onto the Athew stuff, um, I just want to make something very, very clear. Um, now that we're in episode two of season five, and um, God bless his heart, Rudy Edsel, a, uh, a very much a, uh, a former host, uh, full-time host, and very much so a regular guest on the program. Um, now that Rudy Edsel is no longer the official host, um, I'm going to make things very clear that the term um, good enough for a backup striker will be banned. Um, to be used when referring to Kenny Athew. We will be but judging him based upon his output because um, he's been given more than enough time to show something. And it's really, it's, it's frustrating because he actually finds himself 
continuously in pretty decent positions, but just cannot finish it or cannot keep his feet. And it's just very frustrating to find him in those positions. And you just think, oh, you know, if Toivonen was on or even, you know, going back to Barisha, if Barisha was on, he would have buried that. And it just, it just doesn't happen for him. If he, if he just scored half of the, the goals that he got himself uh, into decent positions for, he'd be pretty much one of the best backup strikers in, in the league. But it's just not happening for him. And, um, yeah, he's, he's going to find it hard to break into um, a bench role if, um, if Marco Kurtz makes some decent signings. Um, and then I'm I'm still on the fence about Ken Sorry, but he um he had a great game on Wednesday night, had an assist, and funnily enough, Kenny Athew did as well. But same kind of problems with um being able to keep his feet and there's been an ongoing issue back to, to last year as well. He needs to score a goal for his own confidence and um then he can probably wrestle uh, a backup attacker role away from Kenny Athew in terms of uh, in terms of playing time because that front three of Cruz, uh, Toivonen and, and Naboo is going to be absolutely formidable and I've got a huge take on, on Andrew Naboo and I think that was the most exciting thing about the whole game is that uh, Andrew Naboo just looked like the main man. He, he is going to be possibly... Um, I, I think that that he can very much achieve a uh, an all-time season for the Vuck. And I looked it up during the week, and um, Bessart Barisha a few years ago has the uh, the most goals for Vuck in a season, which is 19. And I, I don't think it's um, such an insurmountable task for, for Andrew Naboo. He keeps playing the way he did. Um, and I did make rent- mention of this on the uh, the Twitter account. Toivonen always prides himself in press conferences and before he came to the Vuck uh, as being an assist first player. So I think he relishes the chance of being a bit more of a playmaker type and perhaps teeing up Cruz and Nabu who might relish the uh, the service because Nabu um, has played you know, and, and thrived at Newcastle Jets where the, the, the service wouldn't be as good as what the the potential service of the Vuck could be. So I think that Andrew Nabu is is lining himself up for a huge season. And also in, in that kind of uh, regard, um, if Toivonen has the same kind of injury history as he did last year where he's missing multiple games, I think that Andrew Nabu can fit into that central striker role as well. And I think that that versatility is something that we haven't had maybe with Costa Barbarousas as much. And I think that um, that's just a hugely exciting thing to think about. Yep, too big, too strong, um, and also he will, he is the kind of um, he's the kind of striker too that will go and find his own ball as well. Uh, and if he gets some kind of service and he's um, near the middle of the park, he is the guy that will run straight at defenders and will shoot on sight and will definitely shoot on target most of the time which we haven't had a hell of a lot of in uh, seasons gone by with guys like James Troisi. So, um, yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a massive signing for us. Massive, massive signing. Uh, it's not the, the biggest signing that we could ever have on paper, but it's he, he, I, I would dare say that there's a good chance that he's going to have that good a start of the season for us that um, he'll be in the window for another overseas move soon, which would be yeah. very disappointing. Yeah, that could be um, that could be bad. How long did he sign for? Do you know? Was it one or two years? No, I know? think it's just the one. I think it's the one season. One season. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. He, I mean, he's coming back with obviously a point a point to prove to himself almost that he's good enough to play for the for the biggest club in the A League, and I think that's. Um, that's just something that we're going to reap the rewards for. So I'm very, very excited about that performance and to come out of, um, you know, a, f- a first game of the preseason and, and perform like that. I think that um, overall, when you think about this game and you're just going to highlight Andrew Nabu's performance, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, a few other performances that we can single out here. Um, Broxham, um, I think he got done over for one of the goals. It was the the winning goal. Um, yep. And, but I think mostly he was he was okay, and I can see that he'll have a spot in the squad once again. Um, any other performances you thought that were um, were decent? Tommy Deng, Tom, Tommy Deng, Tommy Deng was really good, and I really as uh, off the top when I said uh, Lawton and Carrigan um, look look like they're going to be good young players as well. Um, I think I think we're going to see more youth in this team. I hope we do. I really hope that Kurtz has more faith in developing young players than Kev does or than Kev did. 
So it will be good, although Kev did give opportunities later in the season and I think in the ACL as well to Carrigan. Uh, this Lawton looks to be a... Um, Brandon Lawton looks to be a, a young find as well in defence. So always good when they start coming through. Um, save a bit of cash and, uh, you know, uh, it's part of the A-League that I really like. I really like when we see young players come through that we've, you know, gone and poached from MPL clubs and uh, called our own. Absolutely. And um, one notable omission from the squad was Robbie Cruz and there was a... Uh, an injury scare, I think, and, and Marco Coates is very much playing it down. Uh, are you concerned? I'm a little bit concerned. Nah. No? What I, was, what I was concerned about the other night was when Andrew Nabu did one of his first runs mm-hmm. uh, and the game was nil-nil and he fired in uh, and uh, you know made, made a big foray forward and then was on his haunches for a couple of minutes on the sidelines. Uh that is what's put the fear of God through me then because um, it would be a, a tr- terrible thing to lose any of our new signings before the season starts. But luckily for us, he was just probably just a bit buggered or had some cramp. Um, yeah. That's all really. I, I, I don't think there's too much you can take out of that game. There's, um, I'll tell you what, there was a lot of people upset. A lot there of people upset. There's people talking about, uh, and this is why the the listeners should sign up to the FVS uh, forums because there are there are much more civilized. There's there's no lack of there's no less passion in the posts or you know the opinions or the views that the punters put up on the forums. But my God, they're a lot more measured than what we see on Facebook in the um on the social pages at the moment. People, we mentioned it last week, but oh my God, it's gone up another level this week. Just want to put it on the record to everyone that this season kicks off nine weeks in nine weeks, okay? There is so much room. People are talking about cancelling their memberships, not renewing for the first time in 14 years, giving up on the team, giving up on the side, saying that Melbourne Victory don't care. Like, oh, my God, it's like we've got a whole nother European off-season length to go. Uh, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I'm 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 I am sticking fat that the club are going to do like a mega announcement of three or four players. Yeah, I think that's coming this week. I think uh, it was referenced on the telecast that they've got a few players lined up. They're probably just uh, crossing their t's and dotting their eyes, but I think that they're coming, and uh, it is exciting. We're going to talk about some of the the rumors in the in the next segment. Um, we'll just in you know. Uh, humor them, the the people that are that are putting them out there on the, the Twitterverse. But um, yeah, I mean, if they come through, it's it's pretty exciting, and then we can you know, have a have two months to work with it. We did say last week that um, you know, we have traditionally made our signings um, pretty late into the into the off season, and um, yeah, it might take a little while to click, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, though, it does mean that uh, Victory knocked out of the FFA Cup, which means that we don't get uh, another really televised game until until October, which is disappointing, uh, especially from a content standpoint, because it means we have now two months of dead air to fill with um, with community games against local teams and uh, closed doors uh, training matches, which is uh, disappointing for FES, especially because we were so enthusiastic about coming back. And now after two episodes, we've got another lull period of, uh, of nine weeks without an official game. So that's disappointing. Yeah, well, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely make a... Um a serious effort to get in dialogue with the club and see if I can access any of the closed door games that we play at Amy. Yeah. Um, because now we can do this podcast from home. Um, there's opportunities that if, you know, any of us go to the community games or go to the closed door games, mm-hmm. um, there's no reason that I couldn't set this microphone up, mm-hmm. take my laptop with me and be doing, uh, sideline podcasts or, you know, doing fillers or little bits for the punters back home, you know. And there needs to be five or ten minutes about what we're seeing and what's going on. But uh, we're committed to be doing that. I think we've got a game that's uh, in the pipeline against Bentley soon. We've got a long-standing rep, uh, relationship with the Bentley Greens and I think there might be something um, rumoured to be going on there too. So they're always yeah. fun They're always fun nights out. Um 
when we play like a Friday night or a or a Wednesday night game against the well, it won't be Friday nights at this time of year, but you know a midweek game against an NPL side. Uh, they're generally good fun, so I hope the club. I think they definitely will. There's going to be something going on in the next nine weeks. So um, once we find out about it, we will be there. We will. Um, well, I won't be, but uh, I'll be there in spirit. Uh, we did actually last year because we got knocked out of the FFA Cup early on as well. We um, we were actually granted access to an interview at the club with Kenny Athew, and um, it's unfortunately uh, unfortunate that um, he has become the whipping boy on this podcast because it was a really really good interview um, with him, and um, that was a kind of access that we um, we missed a little bit during the season last year. So hopefully we can open some doors with the club again and, um, and get some more player interviews. We do have the facilities available to do this. So hopefully um, you know, the club can, uh, can help us out, organize that over the um, the next few weeks and we'll, we'll bring some more content to you. Um, but for now, unfortunately uh, the, uh, the FA cup run for the VUC comes to a screeching halt. Shit cup anyway. Messages throughout the week uh, asking for us to give this a plug. Uh, Mindy Barbieri, who is a uh, VUC Women's League player, uh, was at a young Socceroos camp, to my understanding, and did her ACL. And unfortunately, due to some insurance, wasn't covered um, for her medical expenses. I think she needed about $10,000 for an ACL uh operation which um, which wasn't covered by insurance uh we did get wind of this probably i think it was the day after we we did the podcast and i think since then there was five thousand one hundred and sixteen dollars raised uh on the gofundme page but then the ffa have come to the table uh and then decided that they will uh in fact pay for the uh the full medical expenses so um we just wanted to give that a bit of a shout out and i think that once again uh, the community around football really really rallies around each other i saw Ange Postacogli got involved in that gofundme page which was great um so uh, yeah it, it, all's well it ends well in the end um unfortunately mindy will have to spend some time on the sidelines but it looks like that she won't be out of pocket but um it is a bit of a a sobering reality of the women's league and the the lack of money they do get paid and um yeah it's just uh, hopefully in in future that the gap kind of narrows um i think right now those a league or w league players rather get paid about sixteen thousand dollars a year so they're doing it tough um compared to the a league men but um good to see this kind of worked out in the end yeah i I couldn't believe that this kind of injury is not covered but our, our good friend of the show nadia pointed out to me that um women's sport you usually have to get your own health and sports insurance and you're not covered and there is some kind of insurance with the federation, but um, minimal coverage. So apparently that is something that's not just um, um, uh, specific to the local women's game. I think juniors and some some men's comps is that as well. So, oh, man. Uh, apparently I think if the, uh, the fees are already big enough in local football compared to other sports, I think that, that would um, – that kind of cash on top, insurance on top would just make it untenable for people to play. But fantastic news that the FFA have come in to help out um, a young, talented girl to, um, you know, be able to fulfill her dreams and keep playing football. Yeah, well done to the FFA, but it must be said that they probably only jump in once there's a bit of a PR kind of uh, gain that they can get from it because I'm sure that the FFA knew about this before the GoFundMe page came up and mm. uh, I'm not sure whether they uh, they did anything. But also, um, shout out to uh, a friend of the show, uh, G, from uh, Guyan Culture. Uh, we've had her on the show before, former W League player. I, don't, I think she's retired now from the W League, but she was the one that instigated this GoFundMe page for Mindy. So well done to G. And um, yeah, a great 
great uh, a great result in the end, even though unfortunately. Uh, that, uh, that Mindy does have to spend some time on the sidelines. Let's talk a little bit about um, some player transfer rumours that are going uh, around the uh, the social media traps at the moment. Um, there are a few that have come in the last few days. I'm just going to find my notes on this one. Now, it's it's tough to, to kind of... Uh, Un, kind of uh, assess the the legitimacy of these because they come from a lot of fan accounts that don't have any names on them and kind of look like they're curated by 13 to 15 year olds but I'm going to give them the uh, the coverage because it's the off season we've knocked out of the FFA Cup and there's not too many other talking points to discuss at the moment so I'll, I'll throw a few names at you and you tell me whether you think this is a legitimate rumour or not to re- to um to come to the VUC for the upcoming season. And the first one I'll start off with is Adama Torore, um, who I believe uh, is off contract or without a club, possibly. Um, obviously a former VUC uh, legend, really. Um, he would be a huge acquisition, but I think this one might be doubtful. Yeah, he seems to be a name that's thrown around every season. Um, but... Uh, I don't know whether he would come back after having... How long has he spent in Portugal? He's been in Portugal the whole time, has he not? Portugal, Switzerland, now Turkey. So he spent a year in Portugal, um, two years in Switzerland, and two years so far in Turkey. Okay. Um, you know, he's been he's been playing in some decent leagues. Uh, look, he counts as an Australian. Yes. Um, because of his citizenship that... Got he got I think he got that just after he left us, did he not? Yeah, um, around that time. I, either way, it's a position that we need quality in, and we know his quality at this level. And if we thought he was good when he left, um, and while he played for us, he's probably a whole lot better now. So, um, oh, look, I it's one I'd really like, but as I say. He's one that always gets bandied around at this time of year when we've got a visa spot open or we've got that kind of um, you know, cash to splash on a player. That'd be the interesting one, how much he'd expect to be paid now that he's been making you know decent European wages. So um, I would say I'll give that one an amber. Okay. I'll, rate these, I'll rate these green, amber, red. And of course, if uh, if Torre did come back, um, that would mean that um, he would have to obviously prove himself to wrestle that uh, left back spot away from Corey Brown. So uh, quite a, a difficult challenge on his hands if he was to come back. <laughs> to the- <laughs> Good one, mate. Good one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the next rumor that we uh, we have is. Uh, Bart Schenkeveld, uh, of course, the former uh, Melbourne City defender. It's uh, quite obvious that we have a dire, dire need to fill some gaps in defence. And um, this is this is one that's been doing the rounds a little bit. And this is maybe one that we're talking into existence because sometimes when these rumours kind of start, I, I almost feel like they're, they're not actually legitimate things. And then that we almost talk it into existence to the point that they end up signing. And this one kind of feels like that a little bit. And the... The wider kind of uh, consensus on soccer Twitter is is that they'd accept him with open arms, the Vuck fans. A, a former City player would be the first one to cross from City to Vuck directly. And um, it seems like uh, people want this to happen. Hook this one into my veins now, Jason. Green, <laughs> green, 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 green. Um, hook it in, mate. Um I reckon this, you know, if Dave was consistent with his views, which generally he can, he it's hard for him to take a side consistently. Sometimes <laughs> he would be absolutely furious and disgusted with a Melbourne City player being uh, linked with us. But if you want to have a City player from last season linked with us, it's this one. I would take him in a heartbeat. One of the best, one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, I think he wanted to go back to Europe. Um, the word was that he wasn't going to consider any other A-League uh, offers because he wanted more money and no A-League clubs could afford him. But now the windows are starting to slowly close over in Europe. He looks like he's a bit of a free agent. And uh, why wouldn't you come here? So I like this one. I want this one. Let's do it. Melbourne victory. Let's get Bart. I'm just going to do a quick search. I think that... Um Friend of the show, sponsor of the show, um, and former BWB capo uh, Tuna 
actually said this one was confirmed as a marquee spot. I think it. I think he posted about this one. I have to try and find the post on Facebook, but he posted in one of the Melbourne Victory fan groups that that someone was a done deal as a marquee, and we were all under the impression that Robbie Cruz was the marquee. But there might be some maneuvering you can do under the cap. Just because you've signed someone as marquee doesn't mean that if you find the space to actually slot him under the cap, you, you can do that. So it depends on how much Robbie Cruz is getting. But you would you wouldn't think Robbie Cruz is anything over seven to eight hundred thousand. Is that something that you can put in the cap? I'm not too sure. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what the cap is. I think it's maybe like 3.2 or something. Uh, the other one that's come through as well is a... I think this is probably the one that's the more uh, legitimate or more likely to happen out of uh, all the ones that have been rumored. And that's... Um, it's been confirmed as well by Goal.com. Um, and that's Tim Hoogland, a... Uh, defensive midfielder or right back and um, he's had some time at uh, Fulham and uh, in the in the Bundesliga as well has played in the youth ranks for the German squad this would be a good signing it fits the profile of um, the the mid-30s foreigner that we like to sign um, over the last few years I think that this guy probably fits the profile as a Vuck player as well and uh, might slot in nicely Coming from uh, Bochum, VFL Bochum, where Robbie Cruz came from. So he's already got chemistry uh, with Robbie Cruz. Um, so I'd, I'm, I'm, um, I wouldn't say I'm overly excited about this one because I don't really know much about him. But um, it looks a good signing. Uh, it looks uh, very much what we've expecting Marco Kurtz, the kind of player we're expecting Marco Kurtz to bring in. Now, the interesting one about him is that he's um, pegged as a utility, but he's played most of his football as a fullback. So it'd be interesting to see whether he gets deployed as a fullback or a a defensive midfielder. But 34-year-old, great experience for A-League level. So covert agents come out with this one. And covert agent, uh, in terms of a... uh, a Twitter in the know account, as I like to call them. His mm-hmm. his mail's not always great, but his mail on our club and our side is generally quite good. Mm-hmm. He's probably got most of his stuff right about Melbourne Victory rumours. So I would dare say that this is a definite. Yeah, I think this one might be a definite as well. The final rumor that we've got at the moment as well is uh, Mila Yedinak, and this one seems to be plucked out of thin air. Uh, would he suit the victory? He is, um, I almost feel like he's very much nearing the end. He's uh, 35 years old, just turned 35 last week, and uh, I'm not too sure that um, he fits the profile of what we need at the moment. Would you? Would you agree with that? Uh, definitely, I'm not really too keen on this one, but uh, we saw how important Carl Valeri still was, and we're missing that Carl Valeri type player now in the squad. I would, oh, it'd be a year max. No, oh, that's max. Be. Yeah, like um, I, I don't love it, but I probably wouldn't hate it because. He was playing, you know, a couple of years ago, he was still playing at a very high level in the Premier League and was, you know, Crystal Palace captain and World Cup captain. So, you know, he's no mug at this level. But um, I'm not sure. Like, I I didn't really keep too many tabs on him at his time at Villa, how much he played at Villa, whether he was injured much. I'm sure someone can um, let us know on the forum or on the... um, one of the podcast posts on the socials. 17 appearances in the championship last year. So pretty much didn't feature in half the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, doesn't matter how many games you play in the A-League because it's a a much shorter season than the championship, so much less strenuous on the body. So I think that that's probably can't really take too much away from that. But if you're looking for positives, as you said, his his leadership qualities are second to none and would be a midfield general if that was to eventuate. Unfortunately, there's no... There's no um, rumours about a, a possible number 10 at the moment. So we're still waiting on some uh, some information about what that's going to look like. And that's pretty much, I mean, that number 10 spot, in addition to shoring up central events, is the, the biggest need for Melbourne Victory at the moment. We need those. And that's really going to define yep. how this team finishes yep. up this year. 
I'm I one if we just want to quickly go back to Yedinak too, he's not gonna be cheap. Yeah. He 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 won't be cheap and I'd rather be spending the money on that position you've just mentioned there, the ten. Um because we we need some we haven't had a good one in a while. Um it'd be nice to have a um a flashy uh, exciting number 10. So you got to pay for those kind of players. So I wouldn't want to be tying up too much of our cap space in a, uh, uh, a 36 year old defensive midfielder. Yeah. I did want to share one little nugget. I'm not sure if you read this on the for fuck's sake forums, but this is from Beanhead. He's been on the show multiple times. And I wanted to share this one because knowing who he's talking to, this yeah, is yeah, a pretty, yeah. this is a pretty, like, this is 100%. So, I'll, I'll read back what, what Beanhead posted. This was on August 8. Um, and he posted, did he, did he one concerning thing from my source last night, though? And this is, if you know Beanhead, and he's a South End legend, if you know who Beanhead is and you know who he hangs around with and you know who his source is, you know this is 100%. This is what's happened. Apparently, the club held off any new signings until Marco Kurtz arrived. The ones that announced were already done deals. I think Josh Hope was one of those ones and he was done deal. His mum famously um, hit back at some haters on Facebook saying that, you know, <laughs> tough titties Josh, Josh Hope signed up for two years. So what he's not, he's not leaving. Next year? <laughs> um, but when Marco Kurtz came back from holiday and asked who he'd like, um, he said signings weren't his job. Hence our lack of transfer activity and current behind the scenes scrambling. Now, if this is true, um, um, I shouldn't even say if, this is true. This is a huge, huge, huge error on the part of uh, probably Paul Trimboli. Did they not talk to Marco Kurtz about this in the very prolonged uh, acquisition process of our new manager? This this took a little while for Marco Kurtz to be announced. He was touring Amy Park. He was, uh, he was working out the finer details. Did the topic of signings and who does the signings, did that come up in any stage of the discussions to negotiate the contract of Marco Kurtz? If it did not, this is a huge, huge oversight in the uh, for, for Melbourne victory. This is unbelievable if it's true. Well, Marco Kurtz is coming from a European background where people that are employed by the club, uh, like a football operations manager like a Paul Trimboli, will probably be covering those things with his scouting network. But... Uh, knowing our club and the the rumours that we scout off an internet program, which is more of a professional version of football manager, this is completely believable. Um, and if if this is um, believable, as we 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 reckon, it's pretty much a a, a solid. Um, it explains a lot, and it's uh, it's concerning. And we're probably fortunate that there's such a long time uh, left to go. But um, being the A-League, we have to pretty much feed off European free agents. So I wouldn't have expected anything to have happened until, you know, these coming weeks, like like what is you know our rich history in signing in August and September. So... Um, yeah, that's a it's a good nugget that Beanhead gave us. Um, Can you imagine Marco Kurtz getting into his first day of the job after holidays, and you know, we've got thirteen players, and he comes into the office, and yeah, and Anthony and so, Di Pietro goes, "Who have you? Who have you scouted?" Where are my players? Where are my players? <laughs> oh, Marco, I, I'm sorry you had to you had to come into that, but. Jesus, Paul Trimboli, um, he better he better get on the fucking blower quickly, quick sticks, because we have a team that we need to assemble, and the uh, the number ten in the central defence is the most highest of priorities. Um, hopefully, 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 there's some more uh, announcements during the week, and uh, we can finally start to build this squad. Yeah, still no movement for guys like James Meredith or Matthew Speranovic either. Um, yep. I know that you've been on the record as saying that we're, we're like. Uh, We've been flirting with him for 10 years. I think it's time we pulled the trigger. Um, yes, Baranovic has been... I think he was part of the the very, very early youth setups of Melbourne Victory. When you when you search him um, on Wikipedia, his, his youth club is listed as as 
Melbourne victory. So I think he was very much part of, I think, maybe a youth train-on squad um, back in back in the days. It's actually, now that I look him up, he's been, that victory, no, it's still there, 2005. Um, so yeah, he, he, was, he was part of Melbourne victory. He, sorry, he played in, I think, the one of the first ever games when we played a game down in Bendigo. Okay. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he was involved in one of those, like, really, really first ever senior team hitouts. Mm-hmm. And he's a long, Geelong boy. I mean, now that they've got their own hometown team in uh, Western United, um, well, they can basically any any town can claim Western United because they play at so many fucking arenas. But um, he could go back there. But um, I think you know it's time to come home, Matthew, and uh, let's finally consummate. Let's finally consummate this relationship. It'd be it'd be a good signing in itself. Uh, let's take a break. <laughs> Okay, the fixtures finally came out this week, and um, as per usual, the season is going to kick off on uh, or with a Melbourne derby against Melbourne City FC on the 12th of October. So we are sitting where are we at? 11th of August today, so we're just shy of two months um, to the no day. Players, Jason, we've got no players. <laughs> There's no players. <laughs> We uh, hopefully we'll have a squad by then. Uh, the twelfth of October, we've got uh, we've got two months to figure it out. But it does kick off with a game against Melbourne City. Um, I'm already feeling derby fatigue with this one because we start off this uh, this this season every year with a Melbourne derby, and um, it it hasn't actually gone well for us in recent years. It's uh, it's been a shitty way for us to start off the the year because we're always kind of gelling because we've got a lot of new foreigners and, and a lot of new starting players in the in the squad, and we're trying to figure things out. But we have a huge game from the get go against Melbourne City. Is there anything from the uh, the long awaited fixture that caught your eye that you'd be looking at um, at attending or going to or just excited about in general? Uh, in terms of not being excited. I hate starting the season with this fixture. I hate it. Like there's it's just oh generally it's a drab crap game and we've lost the last few. Um yeah and, and it just it does. It sets you up for Derby fatigue because look, we play them twice in the first eleven weeks. Yeah we we play them again in we play them again in round eleven. Um we only and then we play them again Again in round eighteen, so we've played him three times by eighteen weeks. It's just it's stupid. Um, look, another thing I'm disappointed about is I was really looking forward to uh, Western Sydney away because I want to go to the new stadium, but that's in round twenty seven, so it's a very long wait. And I had that pegged in as my away trip, but then Dave, um. Dave brought it up in our little group chat the other day. It's actually over Easter weekend, which just makes it a just makes it a little bit difficult. And it's my birthday weekend too, so uh, I, I would like to do that, but I don't think that's going to be one where I'm going to be able to get away with the boys. Um, I think uh, round seven Adelaide away is probably going to be once again the big away trip that most people do. Um, that's on a Saturday, November 23rd at Cooper's Stadium, Hindmarsh. So that's one that's always pegged in. But the FFA, you know, being the pricks that they are, uh, have also aligned that with a Sydney away the week before. So uh, that's generally a little tricky manoeuvre that they do to stop the naughty boys travelling two weeks in a row. Um, so the naughty boys out there, just pick which one you want to go to. Um um, what else is it? First, uh, Western Derby, uh, Western United, Melbourne Derby. That's uh, round four. 
Um, um, what's what's good about this draw? If you if you try and find positives, is that I think for, four of the first five games are in Melbourne, um, so they're at home, and then five of the last eight are at home as well. Yep. And that has I think uh, over I think last year we we had to play a few games away towards the end of the year. Something that will be exciting if if we're good this season, we have a buy in the last round, so we could um, theoretically, if we're around the top of the table, we could be like completely reliant on results in the last round in which we have the buy to claim a premier's plate that would be a, a, a new tinge of excitement to to the season i would have thought yep and um you know if we've got any injuries going into finals it's a it's a good you know it's a week off for the players to rest up and um get right for it but conversely it could be uh you know going into the um buy with a uh, a week off it could be a little bit sluggish and out of sync so we've actually got where are our buys our buys around 12 19 and 29 and a couple of other quirks within this fixture i think some teams we only play twice so we only play central coast twice um who else do we only play twice western sydney wanderers we only play twice uh newcastle we only play twice um and I think we play everyone else three times. So uh, we only play the Raw twice too. Um, but all in all, um, I think it's a really – there's no reasons why we shouldn't have a good start to the season with the amount of games we've got in Melbourne. And as you said, we finish off the, the season with uh, a lot of fixtures in Melbourne too. So that's one good thing about getting an extra team in Melbourne. Yeah, and I think that uh, in the next set of promotioners, or sorry, not promotion rather, but uh, expansion, I think that um, there'll be another team. I think that Dandenong was would be too hard to overlook. So hopefully, within about five years, there'll be uh, there'll be four Melbourne teams, and that will be something truly, truly exciting, especially for the away trips. Um, the other thing about that last round by is if we finish top two, we'll get a week off in the first week of finals. So there'll be two weeks without playing. So that could uh, could hinder or help us. I'm not too sure about the sports psychology and uh, conditioning science that goes into that, but um, you can probably make a case for both for and against with, with having two weeks off before a, uh, a crunch final in which you're playing off to, to, to enter into a grand final. But we'll see how that all, all plays out. Um, we will have, I guess, uh, a plethora of uh, games against local teams and closed-door uh, matches against A-League squads um, over the next two months. We'll try and get as much information as we can on that. I think we're going to have a chat to someone from Bentley as well to um, to chat about their teams. Hope I'm not preempting anything by saying that we'll be playing Bentley. We do that every year, though, so I'm sure there'll be an announcement coming shortly about that. And, um, yeah, I think that's probably a bit it for this week. Buds, you got anything else to add? Nah, um, just uh, stick fat with us. Uh, keep leaking us some, uh, anyone that's got any in-the-know gossip, keep sending the messages through. I actually did get one last week from somebody as well saying that we are just waiting for this uh, FFA Cup game to be over and that we will be signing a European centre-half. Um, and that's a pretty much done deal. So I'm really excited to see what we do in the next couple of weeks. But um, I think we should start uh, talking to our media manager at the club and trying to get a uh, – might try and get a interview with one of the new boys. I reckon it would be really good to try and speak to Andy Naboo or Robbie Cruz in the coming weeks. Uh, I think that, that'll, be, that'll be a little project for us. Why do you think Andrew Naboo has blocked so many people on Twitter? There's a, a common conception, uh, well, common knowledge of the fact that Andrew Nabu is a serial blocker, but it, it it seems like he's blocking people for for literally no reason. I know Tim Cahill is is the most famous person for blocking people on Twitter because of the the vitriol and the hate he receives um, for for basically his um his views that uh, his brand is first and foremost before anything. But Andrew Nabu seem seemingly bans or blocks people with. Um, zero interactions between them. So I, I think we're even blocked and we've had zero interaction personally with him. It's it's quite bizarre. Yeah, and... You got a theory? Um, yeah, go on. Have you got a theory? Oh, have I got a theory? Yeah. I, I don't know. He must... I, I don't know whether he's loyal to his mates, whether we've um, 
with, he might be really good mates with Giancarlo the Galifoco or he or I don't know. Oh, he's he's going to have a big season in the A League too. I, I did send him a tweet the other day, but Janja's been a really good sport and he's never blocked us. Um, Brenton Speed's one of those guys as well that he's a serial blocker and uh, if even if people have had no. Uh, interaction with him. I, I don't know with Naboo. I, I've seen a few people say that they've been um, blocked by him. I'm not blocked personally. Is the Are you right the FES page is blocked? Yeah, it's blocked and I, I have no idea why. And I even went back and searched through through our tweets. I searched for fuck's sake Andrew Naboo and nothing really comes up that's, that warrants a block. Um, yeah, because we I love just... Naboo. I think we've always loved Naboo. I think we really need to try and have an interview with him and... Um, Ask him why. Ask him. We the just tough need to question. mend the fences. We need to mend mend the ties because you know we're in this together now. Where uh, he's back at the Vuck, and it's, uh, it's time for us to to heal those wounds that um, that we opened up. I'm not too sure what wounds in particular, but um, hopefully we can we can get Andy Nabu on the uh, on the on on the line. Um, we're also got some uh, some news hopefully to share about the FES Balls of Steel Player Award. I think there's some there's something in the works to to get a a huge trophy done up. I think we're going to announce that soon. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Mm. But uh, I think we'll probably leave it here uh, for the moment. I'm not too sure when we're going to come back because there's nothing to really talk about in terms of a game. We'll probably come back maybe in a week or two when there's some player signings to talk about and some some more news. Um, but uh, I think that's probably it for now. Buds, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on on your Sunday morning. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, we'll catch you later. I'm on the vac, Jace.